A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swiftish, everybody. This is Ashley. And this is Shelby. <laughs> and we're back after a week hiatus. Yes. Shelby was in Utah yeah. visiting family, friends, and loved ones. Yes, it was a and lovely time. Back. It got cold randomly the last day I was there, so I was ill-prepared. But um, all in all, a great trip. Really good. Yeah, and during that trip, we received some great news. All of the Swifties received great news that the Eras tour. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot we like, haven't talked happened? about that. It feels like <laughs> a lifetime ago. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about we, it as a collective whole of Swifties <laughs> yes. on Swiftish. <laughs> yes. So what? What are your thoughts? You are the movie buff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's You're my welcome. official title. It will be on my tombstone. Um, it's how I prefer to be referred to. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I think we all knew something was coming. I think there's a couple of things that are interesting about it. Mm-hmm. One is that she completely circumvented studios. She partnered with AMC directly, <gasps> um, which is kind of a rare thing for a movie, let alone a documentary um but she self-funded it and <clears throat> produced it and so is now able to partner with AMC to distribute it um yeah. so it's exclusive at AMC theaters unless there's like dual sort of partnerships with some other smaller brands um and it's also in the midst of this WGA SAG strike in Hollywood so she wasn't a scab our queen decided to make sure she agreed to all of the um striking committees like expectations asks Mm -hmm. proving yet again that the studios are just being greedy little mean words um what 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 was do you know specifically or if there's any anything interesting that she agreed to oh it's just um so a bunch of these indie films and like indie producing companies have agreed to their terms that they've put forward to the main studios and so they're given passes by those um unions to then work so basically the agreement is that they'll agree to any and all terms once confirmed and so it's um it's we just don't know their terms. Yeah, so it's more like okay. there's rules around um yeah, time off, like hourly pay, but also things about like the streaming rights and stuff. So I don't know specifically how okay. that affects Taylor's um yeah, piece because of a lot of it was, you know, like if you're thinking about the actors and actresses in the movie, it was just filming a tour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that so was it's going more on. it's more about like the yeah, I don't know how it'll end. impact like the crew and stuff, but it meant that the the people she used like for editing and sound and, okay. and you know, filming, filming and everything. And um, but yeah, yeah, it just proves that it's an easy deal to agree to um, and good that she made sure to do that. Like she worked directly yeah. with the unions to ensure that she mm. wasn't crossing any picket lines. Um, and then AMC like – Skittering past the studios was definitely a ballsy move and a lot of um, studios are kind of peeved and mad about it because obviously a large part of their nickel and dime is through these sort of deals they strike with theaters to release 
films. And so the fact that she was able to just kind of go directly to AMC and be like, hey, let's skip the middleman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like well, it, she- it's a proof of concept for anyone else who's in the, you know, privileged mm-hmm. echelon of being able to do that. Um, and kind Yeah, because of- a lot of times they use the studio for funding. Yeah, yeah. And Taylor Swift She's like, could yeah. fund I've got a few. herself. <laughs> i got yeah. a few dozen millions I can put towards this. No yeah. biggie. Don't care yeah. if it doesn't make back money. Don't care if I don't get a big payday from it. She's like, whatever, let's do this. Um, I mean, speaking of paydays, though, yeah. $26 million in ticket sales in a single day. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, mean, I didn't get tickets. I was like, I don't know if this is a vibe for me personally. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think you'll go, though? I feel like... Okay, so the the thing is that this is a this is the this is a tour video. So it's not like a documentary. It's not like behind the scenes. It's no. just the tour. So it's two and two hours and forty five minutes. Um, she announced it on her Instagram and was like, "I want to see you guys. Like, wear your costumes, bring your bracelets, like, sing your hearts out, dance all night." So mm-hmm. it's meant to be like a tour experience, and I'm like so happy for people to get that, and I think it'll be so epic, like to have it in a theatrical experience instead of just streaming on Netflix or whatever. I just don't I don't I don't know if I want to be there opening weekend. You know what I mean? Like I feel okay. like it'll be really sensory overload. <laughs> mm-hmm. for so me. do you think you'll go cuz I think it said that it's going to be in theaters for like thir- up to 13 days. Right. Do you think within those 13 days you'll go? I don't know. I thought about bringing my daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. But the problem is that it is like pretty expensive. I mean, something else Taylor did that goes against the grain is that she changed ticket pricings to be cutesy 1989 for adults, 1313 for kids. And actually, that's like industry standard that's set and isn't meant to be manipulated because then different, you know, um, it could be it could be abused if any theater could just be like, oh, for Oppenheimer, you're going to have to pay $30, but for Mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's five. Like there's not meant to be this sort of like customization, Um, Mm -hmm. which is funny that she did it. And I'm an AMC like member, so I pay monthly to be able to see as many movies as I want, but this Mm -hmm. explicitly doesn't go towards that. Like I can't use that. You can't use any gift cards or any sort of like – I mean, you could use a gift card, but you can't use any like points you've acquired or like put anything from your A-list membership towards this. So I don't know if it's like something I'm wanting to pay $20 for when I'm already paying monthly to like use AMC. So Mm -hmm. that just – I don't know. Like, And I recognize that it's because I was lucky enough to be there like for the LA shows. Um. And I also think it's fun for people who haven't gone to, you know, not have to worry about me taking one of their seats, I guess. But are you going? Um, I am going. I have a lot of friends who want to yeah. go with me. Like my sister wants to go with me. So I'll go with her. And then our friend Leah's going um, with her daughter. So I will <laughs> – I might bring Cora. Like for a beginning part, like just have Lance on backup to bring her home. <laughs> Yeah, because we live like like 15 minutes away, so oh, I might text him and be like, yeah. hey, can you-? and like worst case scenario, Cora and I are dancing yeah. out in the aisle or she's like running around. You'll definitely be able really to hear fun. it from the lobby even, so. Right? And, you know, and 
one thing that I think would be just cute is just for the photos. Oh, like, yeah. Show up yeah. in a, a cute costume with her and I, yeah. and then she can, like, stay for, like, 15 minutes. Because yeah. I, I really don't know how she's going to be. She's a year and a half in a theater. <laughs> she definitely is going to need uh, headphones. Yeah. How, how is that going to go? Is she going to keep it on? I have no idea. No, I know. Um, That's so cute. I feel like yeah, if I'd been, but, like, with friends like you guys, I would go. But yes, I don't know anyone yes. here yet, so it's sort of like it'd just be me, like, sitting in a theater. Yeah. Like. <laughs> With pity right next to you, like, hey. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it's more of a social experience, I think. Um, I know a lot of people. So I got mine, I think it was through Cinemark. Mm. I think Cinemark and Megaplex had, like, teamed up for this. So I got my tickets through Cinemark, but we had friends try and get tickets at AMC. And same thing that happened with Tor. They had, like, (laughs) shut down the app just for people to buy these tickets. And people were like, oh, you're in the queues. Just, like, everyone was like, I think I've seen this film before. (laughs) Didn't like the ending. Yeah, so I thought that was so funny. Uh, I Because our friends shared that in the chat. And I'm like, I got tickets. (laughs) Super easy. What? What? But then (laughs) – it was AMC. Yeah. I don't have an AMC super close yeah. to me, so no. It was it was like pretty fast too. It wasn't so. as it wasn't as painful as the Ticketmaster, but it was funny that. And honestly, yeah. as someone who goes to movies for other reasons, like it was wild that I couldn't like buy a ticket to see Barbie that day through my app. Like I would have had to go in person because the whole yeah. app was just dedicated to Taylor Swift tickets. Were you gonna go see Barbie that day? No, again? no. <laughs> I would be willing to, but no, I was. Yes. My plans weren't wrecked by Taylor, Allison, Swift. Yes. But it was funny, and and yeah, I think it'll be a big, a big moment. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see how crowds respond because I think again, you have sort of two two sides to the Swifty Dumb where you have the hardcore who are expecting to yes. scream, who are expecting to have that stadium experience, but. You are in a theater that's much more closed. It's going to be much harder to be as loud as you'd want to be at a stadium while not ruining the experience, not only for your theater, but the theater next door to you. And like, you know, if they're having different start times, like the theater near me was having like Taylor Swift every 20 minutes and a new show. So it's Mm. like you'll have this like (laughs) row, row, row your boat sort of like echo of the bridge to, you know, cruel (laughs) summer. Can someone just go in that movie theater? I, I'm yeah. sure people do it on TikToks and just be in the hallway yeah. and just kind of film just like the yeah, mayhem just, that's going on. Yeah. That'll that'll be fun. Um, one thing that is interesting is uh, that I want to ask you about because it is a movie. Could she win any kind of Oscar? Oh no no no! It's not eligible okay, for an Oscar. Okay, good. Definitely not. Um, like not I don't remember exactly why not. Like, I think it's, like, they have rules about, like, it being, like, original content. Like, so I think the fact that it's, it's just original a, content. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, a tour video. So it's, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think oh. Hamilton was up for a Oscar, oh, yeah. you know? Like, it was original yeah. song or whatever. But, like, not the recording itself, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's where okay, it so changes. Speaking of movies, on PS You're Wrong, Matt, is Matt going to go see this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, I just figured, you know, he's just a movie buff. Like, is he going to go see this? I don't think he counts this as a movie. And I frankly hope she does a documentary. Like, there is rumors, speaking of which, rumors that she is doing a documentary about all of her re recordings. Yeah, yeah. I'd welcome something like that. Would you want like a mini series or a 
or like a limited series or would you want like a a movie? I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just like wondering like what would be the best format? Like would a movie be like enough because there's maybe so multi-part, much or like three episodes yeah. maybe. I don't need an episode per recording, you know, cuz I feel like mm-hmm. what are we doing? Here? Like, oh, there's there's some albums where you're like, nope, 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 I don't need Yeah. A just the level full. of content, like what could there be? Yes. It, it's going to feel like it's exciting to imagine her working with the same people again or like working on making mm-hmm. it sound, but it's like at a certain point it it will be her just in a recording studio. So it's like what's what's going to be the additive between watching her re-record You Belong With Me versus watching her re-record Ready For It, you know, like. I wonder if it'll like take us from like the beginning <clears throat> of, you know, Good Morning America where she announced it, talking to her team about it all the way to like, really deciding what songs go on it yeah. math mapping out the release week like i think that the 112 days mathematics yes. yeah <laughs> it'll be really interesting if she does a docu series to see you know what's real the, the mastermind <laughs> behind it all yeah. like what what did she intend and what did we fabricate yeah well i know people were expecting an announcement yesterday which is hysterical. It was the VMAs. Oh, yeah. VMAs. Yeah. We are fresh off the VMAs. I have to tell you, I knew it was the VMAs. I just kind of forgot about it, though, because Lance is out of town and no so on baby duty. So get her down at 830 and then I go on my, my Twitter. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, what am I missing? Of course, she just stayed up with me. But it was really uh, it was really funny. Just the the audience. Yeah camera basically the taylor swift cam seeing all of the lovely like soon to be memes and gifs gifs i don't know how to say it of taylor Swift. like she was living oh yeah she was having a good time she seemed a little a little saucy a little (laughs) a little tipsy tipsy. and mama mama tree was out there trying to give her water and she was like take it back i don't want the water (laughs) yeah she was having a good time um I didn't watch or like expect anything to happen because again, I think I think there's just this like hunger amongst the fandom where they expect anytime Taylor shows up to suddenly be a event, like a big announcement. And the VMAs historically well, a year she ago. announced midnights. Mm-hmm. Um she's done like music video premieres. So it's like it's it's there, but it's also like she just announced 1989 and that hasn't mm-hmm. come out yet. So I feel like she's not gonna like suddenly announce reputation because that <laughs> I mean that'll risk her back. I think she might have given some kind of like Easter egg for reputation with her outfit. <laughs> like I, I looked at her outfit and the first thing that I thought when she's walking the red carpet, I'm like, because I expected something more 1989, you know, a little bit more preppy, a little bit more like her jean skirt that she but it's like, for midnight. It's VMAs for midnights. It's like she won oh, everything yeah. for midnights. That's, oh, that's true. Black. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I don't even think about I don't that. think I, anyone like, like remembers midnights because it's so far like in the back. I, I remember it, you know. Yeah. She got, you know, art like album of the year yes. for midnights. I just was like the first thing I saw was like, oh. Black. Okay. Black reputation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be, you know. I, I, yeah. At this point, I no, feel like no. she might want to could distance herself from everything she does to be an Easter egg. Because, like, she's been papped this yeah. last week, like, leaving dinners or whatever. And it's like, <gasps> this shade of blue, like, debut is coming. You know, like, I, I think yeah. it's probably, like, I think she just picked a cool Call outfit. Me but out. No. <laughs> Call me out. 
Oh my goodness. Call me out. Well, because then <laughs> for the after party, she was wearing like a blue dress and a red lip and everyone's like, 1989, homage, like love it. But it was also like yes. very much like it was a jean dress. It looked very much like Britney ex Justin, like in her That's what I moment. Yeah, it was like millennial core, like and, honestly. And who else, speaking millennial, who presented her yeah. with an an award? Like That's gonna be my all of all of NC. Yeah. Not just the like the ones who haven't risen to Justin Timberlake's level, but <laughs> Justin Timberlake all of has now sunk to their level. <laughs> Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was, I was like, oh, Justin, you, Justin. You, you're, you're, you're a bit thirsty. But when she accepted the award, she had said something like, "Are you guys? What are you guys gonna do?" Like it was more kind of like, "Is that an Easter egg for Justin yeah. and Instinct?" I know they're supposed to be singing some kind of song for the Trolls movie, are they? <laughs> or something like that. Like all of them are how supposed to like get together. Oh, how so how how far Justin's fallen, but how far yeah, the <laughs> they're meeting risen. in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, they're meeting in the middle. So I I was just thinking when you said like randomly like Easter yeah. eggs, I was like that could have been an Easter egg for Insync. Yeah, maybe but... Insync is on 1989. Maybe she's <sighs> like, are you guys doing something? She, well, but she did say that they were pop, um, per- personified because they gave her the. Yeah. Uh, the award and she was like oh i'm millennial triggered this is pop personified and what was her first pop album <gasps> you guys oh shelby gosh. called it i'm <laughs> fine <laughs> um, i really it was it was fun seeing her you know all of her little snaps you know of her drinking and reacting and singing in the crowd but she did win nine vmas last night and she tied historically that's like the second she's tied with someone for the most vmas one in one night but now she is the second most awarded artist in the vma history who's the first queen bay of course um so beyonce has 30 and taylor swift just surpassed madonna and has 23 oh close i mean they're fan voted but the vmas have always been like her you know, she, bittersweet uh, experiences. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I would say that you know, maybe it's a little bit means a little bit more to have fans vote for you instead of having like a committee, yeah, voting for you because it's like like she had said like she does this for her fans. She's able to go from country to pop to <clears throat> to folksy songs because of her yeah. fans. Yeah, um, but she, she, it was really weird because they didn't show like they. So, you, like, VMAs, we all know, and even the Grammys, like, they record a certain part of, like, the awards that are yeah. won. But it sounds like they didn't show – it was either Artist of the Year or Album of the Year or both, but they didn't, like, show those art those uh, awards be get, been given out. And Taylor got both. Um, a lot of people are up in arms being like, what about these ones? Because they're such big awards yeah, to get. It's a huge but, list of awards yeah. to get through. It's it. And speaking of list of awards, so Taylor got video of the year. Um, she got artist of the year, album of the year, song of the year, um, best pop, best direction, best cinematography, best visual effects, show of the summer. And it just kept on going on and on. There's a photo of her with all of her VMAs in front of her. They got her a table so she wasn't holding anything <laughs> yeah. and didn't fall. But what I liked about I don't I think it might have been best direction. She brought up two of her um, collaborators with her and let them speak before she did. Yeah. So she's just a she's just a queen overall. Yeah. She brought her editor and cinematographer. Um mm-hmm. two years in a row they got that. Yeah. 
I know. It, All too well. Anti-hero. The little song that could. She just had no – she didn't expect it to do well at all. <laughs> Did you expect it to do well? No, I Once do. I'm good? referencing the time okay. where she was like, this was just a song we honestly didn't think would perform well. We just thought, mm. what if we picked our favorite instead of worrying about how it would charge? And I just – I laugh because it's clearly you don't believe it. a song yeah. made to chart. Like it's very – it's like – Charting? It's like a TikTok, you know, sound. So anyway, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. The other news um, this week was Olivia Rodrigo came out with her Guts album, which is I love. I've been having a good time. Queen. Um, yes. But as has Roll been eyes, shadowing her since her last album and especially through like her promo for this one, she keeps being asked about Taylor Swift and this supposed beef before, between them. And she just did a profile with New York Times where she was asked explicitly about it and was like, no, I don't have beef with anyone. I'm very chill. There's nothing to say about that. Like she she was asked about the the sour co-writes that she added, you know, post for Paramore and Taylor Swift. And she says, I, at the time it was very confusing. I was caught off guard. I was green and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Um, it's not something that I was super involved in, she admits. It was more team on team, so I wouldn't be the one to ask, which I think is interesting. Mm. And it does kind of reaffirm my theory that it wasn't so much like bad blood between the two. I think they could have avoided it if someone <laughs> mainly had maybe had a little more grace for the new and upcoming starlet. But I do feel like someone. Yeah. I do feel like maybe Olivia is a little jaded towards Taylor or kind of had this like awakening mm -hmm. where she's like, huh, like maybe I shouldn't have met my idol type. Where it it's I, I don't know. I find it a really interesting like window um where Olivia Rodrigo is this up and coming star. She was read as like this new Taylor Swift for how she writes and what she writes about. Mm -hmm. And she was hugely successful right off the bat, similar to Taylor. Yeah. And I think the side of me that wants to believe in Taylor's perfection and goldenness would want her to do everything in her power to protect Olivia from having any sort of negative experience like she had in the industry. Um, and so I imagine when that team on team issue came up, however it came up, whoever like started it, Olivia was sort of like, you know, blindsided and didn't feel like great about it. So I don't imagine them being BFFs, mm -hmm. like texting each other about the drama and being like, LOL, can you believe? But I also don't think it's like, <laughs> I also don't think it's like truly, like, I don't think Guts is about Taylor. I don't think Vampire is about Taylor. I don't think it's specifically like this feud between the two. Yeah. I feel like if it was about Taylor, the, the lyrics would be a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Like someone was sharing one of her songs. I, I forget which song it was. It was, it. you probably know what song it is. There's one song where like, this is about yeah. Taylor. This is about Taylor. And I was reading the lyrics and I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to argue with anybody, yeah. but I just, I just don't see yeah. it. Um, it is, you know, it is interesting that you know, a year or two ago she was just like professing her undying love for Taylor Swift, but hasn't even been to the Eras tour. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame her. Honestly, like I, 
I think Taylor made a wrong move in either making this happen or not stopping it from Mm -hmm. happening because Taylor Mm -hmm. has been faced with criticisms of copying artists, like not only with the Shake It Off lawsuit, but like Mm -hmm. I remember so vividly when people were like, wait, this sounds exactly like Breathe In, Breathe Out by Hilary Duff, like, or, or Lana Del Rey with Wildest Dreams. Like, I think the accusation that Olivia copied Paramore or like stole from Taylor Swift's bridge for Deja Vu. Like, I don't hear it. I don't see it. I don't think it's fair to say like inspo means like credit. Um, And I think Taylor had the opportunity to do what Elvis Costello did when he was when someone was like, oh, my gosh, Olivia ripped off your song. And he was like, well, whatever. That's like that's what music is. We're all inspired by everything. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of like shady and sad to me that Taylor yeah. could have been like, absolutely not. I don't deserve 50% of songwriting credits like for Deja Vu, one of her biggest songs from her debut yeah. album. And like her and Jack Antonoff had said like, I mean, Jack Antonoff has said, yeah, that was a weird thing that happened. I don't know how it happened. So like... Maybe there's a world in which Miss Mastermind Taylor Swift decided not to be involved with her business for a single day of her life. And like mm-hmm. <laughs> her team was like, we got to get those credits. And she just was clueless to it all. But I do also think that there maybe was a bit of defensiveness and tunnel vision protectiveness of Taylor Swift's idea of her art and ownership. And she yeah, wasn't able to yeah. see like the big picture of like, well, maybe this isn't that deep. And did it happen after Olivia had said, I, cause she like had publicly said, I got this off of, you know, I grabbed inspiration. She said, I loved what Taylor did on that bridge yeah. and I wanted to do something similar. So if she didn't say that, would yeah. they have not gone after her? Yeah, exactly. I don't think so, but it's fine. I, I feel like Paramore is different cause it, it was like Paramore. Cause if I listened to Deja Vu, I would have been like, I don't think I would have made the connection instinctively yeah. made the connection but with paramore yeah. that was like that was just very yeah just out, like blatant Similar, right there yeah. I, was like, I, I couldn't miss yeah. it yes yeah so. yeah so i mean i probably feel saltier than a lot of swifties about it i think a lot of swifties yeah. want to protect the idea of taylor and like and like honor her like desire to own her art but it's like I, it mm-hmm. just there's like a double standard there that I'm not sure Taylor Swift has really like acknowledged where – and there's just mm-hmm. this like – there's also this public discourse around tracking Olivia's every move. Like even with this new album, they're like, this is straight from this. This is straight from this. Who is ta- who is Olivia copying on this album? Oh, and it's just like – That's so sad. Yeah. It's this pattern of like tearing women down, especially young women, young starlets – we just like it's just mm-hmm. annoying. It's just annoying. I've never heard yeah. this sort of debate around like men and like boys, like sampling. Like it's like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You're like gotta take a breath. And obviously, mother isn't mothering because if mother was mothering, yeah, she would be taking her under her arm yeah. and be like, oh, it's yeah. Okay. We all we've all been yeah. There. And I'm sure another piece of it is that both of them were kind of like iffy with the comparisons constantly being made about the two of them and like Mm -hmm. maybe there was this like hmm like you know like I think about the line in Nothing New where Taylor's like oh you'll like smile at the new girl but like then go home and cry about it like and -hmm. I think that is like a real like sensitivity or insecurity or maybe like um I don't know kind of internal if she hadn't 
if she hadn't publicly so hardcorely taken Olivia under her wing for the the, the promotion yeah. and tweet about like it wouldn't be that big of a deal, yeah. honestly. Like if she would have just like kept Olivia, I guess, at arm's length. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just we, feels it weird because it's like, how do you mm-hmm. go from writing a handwritten like six page letter with your red ring to then deciding actually I deserve fifty percent of this song? I don't know. It just is like yeah. I do I do believe it's a team on team situation where her team reached out to yeah. her. I don't think it was Taylor and Olivia duking it out, but I do believe that if we think Taylor is in control of her career, then she has Mastermind. to take some of that. Yeah. Um, credit. It's just a, a really prime example of how you don't mix it, money with friendship. <laughs> yeah. Like ooh, money yeah. can ruin a lot of friendships. Yeah. Fifty percent that can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be singing phrases after that loss of a bag. No. But hey, it's fine. And Olivia says there mm-hmm. isn't beef. It's not something she's gonna keep worrying about. And I imagine it's annoying to be asked about it over and over. And Taylor for her too, part was like clapping when Olivia's name was announced at the VMAs yeah. and so I think they're both and it, trying it didn't to look, it. It didn't look forced yeah, either. Yeah. It wasn't like she was like yeah. salty <laughs> clapping. Like she was just kind of like, oh, it's Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of like that. Yeah. No. yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, but those are my hot takes. What are we – <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of – you had mentioned something about um, – hold on. Um Industry disruptors and soul disconstructors. Dis- <laughs> Speaking of that bad blood between Olivia yeah. and <laughs> and Taylor that we were, you know, just getting into. Is it there? Is it not there? Who knows? Um, we are getting into a song that Taylor just performed on, yes. I think it was August 24th, giving us the, I, I guess the the nod of approval to cover because we've been putting it off because <laughs> yeah. I guess the the burn was too deep, but we are now covering Sweet Nothing. Yes. It is check 12 on the 3 a.m. edition of Midnight. Um, yeah. I'm like, I've been like hesitant to do this, not because I'm like protective of them, but more because it's like, it's kind of awkward because it's a love song. Mm-hmm. It was written by Taylor and William Bowery, a.k.a. Joe. And so it does feel kind of like like cringy, kind of bittersweet, kind of sad in the wake of their breakup. Um, but it's still a beautiful song. And um, I think it'll be fun to kind of explore what it means, mm-hmm. not only as a song for people who aren't Taylor and Joe to still relate to it and enjoy it, but also how how it made sense for Taylor at the time and like what she valued and what she wanted. Yeah, so I'm reading this week, so bear with me, y'all. Verse one, I spy with my little tired eye, tiny as a firefly, a pebble that we picked up last July, deep, 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 ooh, down deep inside your pocket. We almost forgot it. Does it ever miss Wicklow sometimes? Yeah. I love the beginning of it. It starts out as a sort of like nursery rhyme. Yeah. (laughs) It's very like, it's nice to have a friend. Did you like this song? I did. I like the song um, very much. It was, you know, something that was just, it's a very calming song that you can put on. Like, yeah. it's not hype. Yeah. It's just very, like, oh, yeah. it kind of like, gets you in that little, like, I don't know. It's like Invisible String. It, like, has mode. the same, yeah. yeah. It has the same sort of, like, zen energy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, zen. I love that. Very zen. Yeah. <laughs> I felt calm. Um, yeah, I think this is a cute opening. I think it at the time I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like it's very classic Taylor. And I think that's what some people liked about this song is like, um, uh, who was it? Someone – I wrote down these reviews because I liked them. But um, it's like one of the songs that people cited as like a quintessential Taylor on this Midnight's album where mm-hmm. it is sort of that pulled back. It's very specific, very much distinct to her and Joe, but then it feels – it it imbues itself with these really like um, – broad ideas of like what it is to be in a long relationship and all of that. And so just to start with this image of like, oh, there's this little like pebble that we kept one because we're sentimental, but two, now that we found it, we get to like joke about it and like make all these sweet little, like, you know, whisper all these romantic things about like, oh, does it miss Wicklow? And like, remember when and all Mm -hmm. of that. So it's very much capturing that essence of a relationship that's further away from the, you know, the red hot burning, like honeymoon phase and more domestic. Yeah. And like you had you, like you've mentioned Wicklow, that's where lovely Joe was. I think they were filming the TV series conversation with friends. And we like, we've seen that Taylor had gone and visited him. There's that one spot where someone was like, Taylor Swift peaked (laughs) here. So it's, you know, they're, they're reminiscing about, like you said, just like simpler times. Um, I I did want to ask you about the, I spy with my, little tired eye what do you what are your thoughts on on that yeah I think in the context of this song like as you get deeper into it it's this portrait of a woman who feels burdened by the expectations on her outside of the home and um Mm -hmm. so she's constantly like running away from something or feeling burdened by something and the only peace she finds is when she steps into this little house this little sweet spot this home this kitchen and she has her partner so to me it just felt like like she's tired usually, but the thing that heals her is this like, oh, this recentering on this man and the peace he brings her. Yeah. And it kind of opens with that, with the tired. So you're kind of like, okay, like this is like, it puts you into that mindset of like, okay, this is, it's a sweet song, but there's also like a deeper layer behind yeah. it, like you had said. Yeah, it Which feels is- like an echo to or a response to peace where the yes. whole question in peace is like, will this be enough? Like, I can't give you peace. I can't give you this. I can't give you this. I'm complicated. It's messy. Is that enough? And this song seems like the breath of reassurance where she's like, oh, okay, it is. Like, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, whereas she can never give him peace. Yeah. And this song, she finds her peace with him. Yeah. Because she's constantly searching for that peace. I know. Because you have all those uh, industry disruptors and soul uh, corruptors out there going after her. And there's just one person, you know, who she she wants to save a little tiny pebble. Like she doesn't need, you know, a a big uh, souvenir from Ireland, an expensive one. All she needs is that little pebble. Yeah, it's the the paper rings. It's the idea that (laughs) it's the simple things she's realized. Like, And that's been the through line in all these love songs of her realization with Joe, where she's like, oh, 
I like shiny things, but I'd marry you with paper rings. Like there's this re-examination of her priorities. And I think this song was meant to be sort of the finale, the ending, the ending, mm. you know, argument, the final statement where she's like, this is all I need. Well, <laughs> it was it was a final statement. Yeah. We go into the chorus. They say the end is coming. Everyone's yeah. up to something. I find myself running home to your sweet nothings. Outside they're pushing, they're pushing shoving. You're in the kitchen humming. All you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. Yeah. Which is sweet. Like I really do I remember listening to the song. I think it's sweet, it's tender, it's kind of breezy, it's it's like charming. And mm-hmm. So even as she flips this like threat, like, you know, there's this ominous they, um, the they and everyone is outside their little bubble, their little lavender haze, and she's running actively to him because he offers Mm -hmm. this like quiet, safe space, like outside they're pushing, shoving, but in here it's just, you know, barefoot in the kitchen, sacred new beginnings, like there's this comfort Taylor finds in a home that feels safe. Um, and probably reminiscent too, because you know she, what she hasn't known this piece since she was 15 years old, yeah. but she grew up with, with the very like stereotypical American family, you know, with that so-called like peace, yeah. you know, the, like the, the quietness that she has not heard for in the past <laughs> yeah. 15 to 17 years. Yeah. And then she's kind of like, found that again within Joe. Yeah. And I also like this image of her. Like I like <laughs> I like Taylor's. She gets a, there's a lot of jokes about like how she's always calling Joe poor or like, you know, talking about how <laughs> like basic he is. And like I think it's unintentional and it's just kind of funny to read it that way, but I do like in this verse where she's like or in the chorus where she's literally like, I'm busy out doing everything. Like the whole world is revolving around me and it's a huge mess and it's huge pressure. But then I come home to my man in the kitchen. Like it's just such a inversion of the usual, like, you know, domestic bliss of a, of the 1950s husband coming home to his wife, like making a yeah. roasted chicken. And I like that there's that like turning on its head. Um, it's just a little small delight for me yeah. personally. <laughs> Yep, yep. He's barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen. Not Yeah, pregnant, he's getting but... that meatloaf on and she's like, Oh, what a day I've had. Pour me a pour me a cold one. And <laughs> he's just like, Yeah, I've got you, babe. <laughs> yeah, because it's just such, such a comparison, like when you know, they're pushing Chev and she has like she can't step outside without people just like hounding her, mm-hmm. like fans, mm-hmm. paparazzi, mm-hmm. probably like even just blowing up her phone with her, like with her businesses. And then she has that like that little bubble yeah. of, you know. Yeah. You know, well, and that's why it's sweet. Man making her yeah, to call it like Sweet Nothings. The song is called Sweet Nothings. And Sweet Nothings is this like, you know, the idea of lovers having this, these words of affection or like kind of the whispered, you know, promises between partners. Um but then here in in the song, she actually says, all that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. And so mm-hmm. she's drawn to those sweet nothings. He says the like reassurance, the language they have. But what's really the 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 cake for her is the fact that he he doesn't require anything from her, even as the mm-hmm. rest of the world is like pushing, shoving, asking, needing something, expecting something. And the most reassuring thing to her is this idea that like, oh, <laughs> 
you don't need anything from me. Yeah, which thinking just based off of you know him and how he's rising his rising star as uh ryan reynolds called him like he could very much need a lot from her yeah like need her connections need tree to set things up need 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 but he doesn't ask for it yeah (laughs) yeah like he could be the biggest leech like but he didn't Mm -mm. take advantage of that Mm -mm. Um, so we get a little bit more insight into their their uh, dynamics in verse two. On the way home, I wrote a poem. You said, what a mind. This happens all the time. <laughs> and we go back into the chorus. Did we have to go to the chorus? Yeah. Because um, they said that it is coming. Everyone's up to something. I find myself running home to your sweet nothings. Outside, they push and shove in. You're in the kitchen humming. All you wanted for me was sweet nothing. But in verse two, let's go back to that. Um, she's writing poems and he's saying, What's what am I? What what are your insights on that? <laughs> I mean, it's sweet. It's cute. I think that's, I think that was like a really tender image to me that stood out when I first heard this song because, because it's just like such a sweet little compliment, and it's something that's so truly like important to Taylor. Like she is a writer. Like that's what she says she values most in her career and like her talents is that she wouldn't be doing this if she wasn't writing songs. And so I think it's just a nice quick way to like summarize this like comfort he gives her and this, you know, there's this acceptance of her and not only acceptance or like, you know, oh, fine, you're like famous, whatever, I'll deal with it. But like an actual celebration of like, wow, you're so talented. Wow. You're, you really just like are a wonder. And I think that looking at her past relationships, that's not been something that she's really highlighted um, from previous partners. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, oh, indie record's so much better than mine. Or like, you know, um, begin Calvin again. Taylor, yeah, Calvin Taylor, are going to work together. <laughs> yeah, Calvin yeah. Harris. Well, so I imagine that that's something she really treasures where it's like yeah, she could just be like, you know, doodling on a napkin and he's like, oh my gosh, like frame this. It's gorgeous, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he really like, um, just, I guess he doesn't take it, um, he doesn't take it for granted, you know, her mind and what she can do. Because you think being with someone who is just so creative, you just would get used to like, oh yeah, you're writing another poem. Like, oh, good for you. But like, he's actually like, reads this poem and he's like oh my gosh this is amazing and then he probably reads the next poem five minutes later (laughs) that's amazing like he just like is constantly amazed by everything that she yeah she does well and I think it's important to Taylor she's said in previous interviews that she doesn't necessarily feel like the cool girl the pretty girl the hot girl but she is talented and she wishes people like would know that like I just I remember that interview Mm -hmm. so clearly where she's like I'm I'm smart I am you know creative I'm you know, and I think that this is a nice reminder that that's the that's the value she sees in herself, and that's what's echoed by her partner. Instead of like your mm-hmm. beauty, your external like accolades, like that doesn't matter so much as her mind and um, her talent. Yeah, yeah, that's something that like stood out to me too. Yeah, was, well, and I think know, she wants yeah. someone. Oh, no, okay. I'm sorry, I <laughs> I got lost. I always. Memory. I always interrupt you. No, so you don't. Do you I'm think? an interrupter. It's bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Please continue. Oh, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I promise. I promise that's the last time. But no, do um, it. all the time. No, I, I like this. I like this 
the sound of the song. I like the imagery of the song. I mm -hmm. think so much of her love songs in the past have been so epic. Like, you know, I think this is the proof of concept in Daylight where she's like, I used to think love would be burning red, but it's golden. And so it is this sort of domestic bliss that instead of, you know, instead of love story, instead of like, I can only think of breakup songs now. I'm such a bad Swifty. <laughs> But instead of these like epic imaginings of what like love is and what a true lover Enchanted. would be, yeah, she's she's leaning more into this like quiet um, contemplation in New Year's Day, and it's nice to have a friend and peace and invisible string where it's not about the big show, the big showy signs of affection, but it's really about the like quiet endurance of a long term relationship. Yeah, it's not about the love bombing. It's yeah. about the realistic expectations like every single day being with someone and appreciating them for like the tiniest things that they do and looking forward to doing those things with them too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we get into the bridge. Industry disruptors and soul de de deconstructors and smooth-talking hustlers out glad-handing each other and the voices that implore you should be doing more to you i can admit that i am just too soft for all of it yeah oh, it's such a, a word just like a, a like a, a mouthful yeah. but there's so much like packed in there. it's just like a qu quintessential like taylor swift yeah. lyric yeah. right here just so much to unpack yeah no i mean it's definitely it was definitely like a I remember when I heard this song for the first time and I got to this line and I was like, Ugh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? No, because I was like, to me, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners already, our listeners already know like how I feel, but like this idea of like, mm. oh, people are telling me I could do more and I'm just like too soft for it. Like that's always going to be a little bit of a question mark for me and a little bit of an eyebrow raise a little bit of a side eye, but I do appreciate the sentiment. And I think, you know, giving distance to avoid exactly what she thinks is like being asked of her is like, it gives me breath to enjoy this song a little more. But um, mm -hmm. I do think it's clever how she paints this picture of the public. Um and it's sort of like the robbers to the east, clowns to the west, sort of, you know, she has this like, mm -hmm. she has this way of simplifying the um the villainous or kind of like double, you know, smarminess of um her industry and the people she's forced to deal with and all of that. Um, and so the way she plays on it with these images of disruptors and deconstructors and hucksters all glad handing each other, like this sort of like pride in swindling one another or kind of pushing something or taking favor like acting nice when you're not really in meaning it like it's a good visual <laughs> yeah you're like not not my most favorite bridge but it's, it's a good visual when I was reading this you know she's talking about like industry structure soul just just contractors and the people like smooth talking and high-fiving each other I was wondering if it was more that like they were like, you should be doing more work so that we could have more money. Like you needed to be more, you need to do more. So it benefits me. Mm -hmm. And then when she comes home, she's like, I just, you know, that's not what I yeah. want to do right now. I'm just too soft for like, go, go, go. Um, but I also do see the other, the other end of, of, you know, 
your side eye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's like when it comes yeah, to it's like that's I, it might not be Taylor explicitly saying like, "Oh, my fans just expect me to speak on every issue." But I do think mm-hmm. that this confession, which it is a confession, and that's the point of the song is that she feels so safe with this person, she can finally confess. Like I'm like too soft for it. Like it hurts me the the bad like I don't have thick skin. Like I, it hurts me the criticisms I get. It hurts me that I can't do anything mm-hmm. right. It hurts me that people say this about me, and I totally respect yeah. that feeling. It's more that it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't carry the same like relief that it probably does for yeah. her for me because I'm like, well, you, yeah. you can't be doing more, and I think I'm okay to say that. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure That's a true. lot of our listeners will disagree vehemently with me. Yeah, and I. Yeah respect that opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor will not be listening to me, so it's fine. Like, I've made peace. I made peace with that. Um, All that I want from Taylor now is sweet nothing. She can give you sweet nothing. Yeah. (laughs) She can give you nothing and you're like, it's okay. (laughs) It's fine. I have peace. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I also have seen, like, people read this into, like, you know, obviously the – the mm-hmm. selling of her own masters behind her back, the the men, the the imagery of these businessmen making decisions about her artistic history. Like I can see mm-hmm. that at play too, where it's like Or just both. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot asked of Taylor Allison Swift. There's a lot expected from both fans, from the fortunes funding her, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see how that's, you know, tiring. And and it's nice that she found this piece. She has political ass. She has business yeah. ass. She has um, personal ass. Yeah. She has so much, just so much, so many strings pulling on her that I totally, it could go either way. And I don't know if that if either way would be re- reading it wrongly. Yeah. It could just be all, all. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. The chorus, she ends out with that. They, they said the end is coming. Everyone's up to something. I find myself running home to your sweet nothings outside there. Push and shove. Push You're and in the kitchen humming. I didn't catch you. <laughs> Sing it. All that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. They said the end is coming. They said it's the end coming. is coming. Everyone's up to something. I find myself home right. <laughs> myself running home to your sweet nothing outside there. Push and shoving. You're in the kitchen humming. <laughs> and all you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. Yeah. I think this is an oh. interesting exit because like the whole song is very quiet, very simple. And the only uptick is after this uh, bridge, this sort of there's this weird like instrumental break where she does a few OOOs and then it, and then the anxiety like ticks up. And mm-hmm. I think listening to this song now, like post breakup is interesting because there does – seem to be this like dual tension like there's this pressure and sort of like interpolation of multiple ideas and readings and emotions happening and I'm not of the mind that Midnight's is secretly a breakup track I do not think you write a song with your boyfriend about being in love and actually have it be like a double meaning so I'm not saying that at all but I do think you know subconsciously there might be something interesting here where um I think one at the at the surface level, like I think Taylor's connection to home in her music has always been so like longing for. She always wants that safe space, but she's always like leaving. Like she's always 
she doesn't get it. You know, she's on the best day. She comes home crying like on dear John, the girl in the dress cried the whole way home on all too well. I walk home alone. Uh, Wonderland. I reached for you, but you were gone. I knew I had to go back home. Gorgeous. I'll just stumble on home to my cats. Like there's always been this loneliness, this solitude to her home in her music. And that all changed when Joe started coming into it. And suddenly it was um, like, uh, take me out and take me home. I'll make myself at home and he'll want me to stay long story short. And he feels like home. Like this is what she wanted. She wanted that home. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that even in Midnight's the album, home started to kind of break apart because in Dear Reader, she says, if you knew where I was walking to a house, not a home all alone. Cause nobody's there. There's that trauma. Mm-hmm. And then in you're losing me, there's this entire image about sitting alone in the dark, feeling like someone's running away down the hallway. Like the home is no longer the sanctuary. Um, And I think that's what makes this song heartbreaking in retrospect because that's what she clung to was this home. Like he was her everything, that intimacy, that quietness was like her soft spot. Like it was, it was meant to be her, central like core self like it was the it was the space where she supposedly felt like her truest self what she wanted Mm -hmm. to be her truest self and so it's like oh man on one hand that's just like sad in retrospect but I also couldn't help but think about like how Midnight's is so uh, almost every single song is like about um how the boy who wants this quiet life is actually the antagonist. Like you're on your own kid or Midnight Rain or Bejeweled. There was so much tension about Taylor being like, you're not celebrating all the sides of me. Like I want more. And so I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about Taylor writing this song and and probably finding it true where she's like, oh, I'm so glad I have this home. I'm so glad, like call it what you want. Like this is everything I've ever wanted. It's like nice to have a friend. Like I just feel at home. But then at the same time, there is this duality in her where she is like, wait, but I I like the public. I like being the mastermind. I like, you know, um, exploring this other side of myself where I do feel empowered. Like I do take on the hucksters and glad, glad handing, like truth seeking, like whatever's. But it's like, <laughs> I think it's like interesting to think about you're losing me. And mm-hmm. how the breakup happened and like who said what about who and think about how in the end she might have said like, oh, it's so nice that all he wants is nothing. But if nothing is robbing him of the chance to see the full her, then I think that also must have gotten kind of invalidating or exhausting mm-hmm. that she was fitting herself into this little box, this little home to try and like protect him because she couldn't give him peace outside of it but then she's like well wait like I actually do have two sides to me and that's why I think it's interesting that this isn't the last song on the album like she doesn't close it like she does with reputation with New Year's Day or lover with um uh Daylight. daylight instead she sings this little sweet little quiet song and then she spins us into mastermind where she's like literally talking about the two sides of her personality where one's like you know the charming little like demure starlet but actually there's this evil genius to her 
And that's an important part of herself too. And like he saw that, but maybe didn't appreciate it. And I think that's why this song is kind of a interesting callback to maybe some of the issues that were brewing under the surface that maybe they weren't even aware mm-hmm. of at the time. Yeah. You just have to always be careful for what you ask for because yeah. you might want one thing and then and then you see that's not what you really want. Yeah. You're losing me, you know. It's like mm-hmm. in the end, it was like she died because he couldn't see a part of herself. Like that's the message of that song. And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, yeah, it, it ended up not being enough for either of them, I think is the sad truth. Yeah. That's sad. And one thing that's true right now is that we are – I know. <laughs> it is <laughs> on time. Talking about you. We <sighs> – Thank you guys for for uh, joining us. I'm gonna hand it off to Shelly yeah. so she can do her quick, the quick exit. I know, I know, that was my bad. I rambled more than I thought I would on that song, um, but no, it's always a pleasure, always a good time. We're honestly down to our last Midnight's track, I think, and it's one we've mm-hmm. been avoiding. So we'll see if we uh, find something else to talk about next week. But it's up to you. But in any case, um, you can always find us on any streaming platform or on our social media, which is namely uh, Instagram, Swiftish Podcast, or TikTok, yeah. The Millennial Swifty. Um, and until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, you could be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Bye.